You are listening to the Progress Your Health Podcast, episode 37. Welcome to the Progress Your Health Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Robert Mackey and Dr. Valerie Davidson, a husband and wife team who specialize in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine. They're here to help you lose weight, balance hormones, and age gracefully. It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts, Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progression Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. Uh, so in today's episode, we're going to go a little bit deeper. We've talked about some thyroid things in the past. Today, we're going to talk about something that we feel is fairly controversial is subclinical hypothyroid. Yeah. So, um, you know, we have we deal with thyroid all the time. And I think we were talking about this because the other day I had a patient and, and I always look through their past chart notes and, you know, just to kind of catch up before we, you know, have our consult. And I remember looking at her very first chart note and gosh, it must, it was like 2000. 13. And on there, it said, you know, basically it had every single symptom she had was of, you know, of hypothyroid, of a low thyroid. But she had said she had went to her doctor, she went to an endocrinologist, and they all said she was fine, but she didn't feel fine. So then she ends up in, you know, in my office. And that's where we kind of basically discover, you know, she's got subclinical hypothyroid. Yeah, right. So again, as I started off the episode, this is a little bit of a controversial subject, and that's why we want to spend some time talking about it, because we know that there's probably a lot of people out there listening to this podcast or other podcasts kind of intuitively know that they have some kind of a thyroid problem. You know, I've had patients tell me, I know they've all said the same thing to you, that they've thought they've had a thyroid problem for years. Uh, They just know their bodies well, and they get kind of discounted sometimes when they go to the doctor you know, because one test that the doctor runs comes back normal and they just write it off. They don't, they don't, they don't go, they don't dive any deeper than that. If that one number, which we all know is a TSH number, if that number is normal, then the possibility of that patient being quote unquote hypothyroid doesn't exist. Yeah. So with, you know, with a lot of our patients, you know, I, that patient that I talked to, you know, I was going through her chart and then we were talking, I was, you know, telling her, you know, I've known you for a lot of years. And she said, I feel so much better now than, you know, when I, you know, before I saw you. And of course, you know, when someone gives you a compliment, you blush and kind of, you know, throw it to the wayside. But we, you know, Dr. Mackey and I were talking about, you know, we see that all the time as people that, you know, go see their primary care and God bless them because they are great physicians. If you have a life-threatening situation, they are going to save your life. But a lot of times they go in there healthy, but they don't feel right. And they really come out of there without any answers. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, and this is uh, something that we, you know, the this niche that you and I have developed for ourselves is partially because there's a, you know, we're filling a void in the healthcare uh, system. Not us, we're not filling the entire void, but we're filling a void for ourselves and the communities that we're in because, uh, you know, uh, the office we had in California, a lot of people that were going to Kaiser Permanente there, and Kaiser Permanente is also, you know, managed care, HMO. They don't do anything unnecessarily. Uh, you know, and again, based on that TSH, uh, if that number is within range, then nothing happens. Whether you go see an endocrinologist or not, they're not worried about optimizing your numbers. They're not worried about making sure that you have more energy or if you feel better. Um, they're, they're just making sure that you don't actually have, quote unquote, a disease or at least what they 
classify or the criteria for that disease. If it doesn't meet that criteria, then off you go. You know, they can't help you. Yeah, so they check that TSH and say, oh, you're fine, go on your way, go on your way. Or maybe they don't even check it. They just look at you and say, oh, you look lovely, you're great, you know, your blood sugar's good, your cholesterol's good, you know, and they just kind of send people on their way because they're just looking to make sure you're not going to die or you're not going to have a, you know, a condition that's going to put you, you know, life-threatening. They're not really concerned that, you know, my hair's falling out. Um, You know, I have people all the time that, especially since we see females, and this is hugely important, we get really concerned if it looks like our hair is falling out more than it should. It's scary. But you go and tell your primary care, you know, they're not worried about, oh, she's losing some hair. They're worried about their other patient that has, you know, untreated or badly treated diabetes. So that's where we thought today we would kind of talk a little bit about subclinical hypothyroid, but then at the same time, kind of the symptoms that are associated with that, because what also is very interesting when I we're looking at kind of our experience with patients is patients will come in and the symptoms that go with low thyroid don't really connect with each other. Like you might be constipated, but you might be losing your hair. Those are two separate issues. You know, go see a dermatologist, go see your gastroenterologist. You might have period issues because your thyroid's low or not functioning where it should be. So it's interesting that sometimes it just doesn't get put together. Yeah, right. That no one really, because uh, again, medicine has been very reductionistic for very long. You know, you got your, as you said, the GI doc, the, the, the gynecologist, the primary care, the cardiologist, all these different things. No one connects the dots that, you know what, all those things more than likely, or at least could be related to having underfunctioning thyroid. Uh, another story, you know, kind of piggybacking on the one that you just said, I had a patient recently as well, early twenties, having some PMS issues, having some fatigue issues. And like you said, having some hair loss issues, both kind of on the hairline and on the crown of the head, of course, making her very nervous, you know, no woman. And I've, you know, I'm certainly not a woman, but I've been working with women long enough to know that any type of hair change is, it really is, uh, you know, makes them very anxious and very nervous because, Women don't want to lose their hair. Went to the doctor, saw a nurse practitioner, and asked to have their thyroid tested. You know, yeah, we'll run a TSH. Asked specifically if they could do a free T3, and the nurse practitioner said no. No, we don't need to do that. That's fine. We'll just start with the TSH and go from there. Of course, the patient was already, you know, already irritated because she felt uh, from listening to us on our podcast that the free T3 was a worthwhile thing to do. Uh, and then through the consult, another the supervising doctor came into the room to look at the quote unquote hair loss. A man, a middle aged man, comes in and looks at the you know the hair issue and says, "Well, it looks okay to me." You know, just kind of again discrediting it and just kind of blows it off, minimizes the you know, the, the concern of the patient. And then she left there, TSH come back, you know, relatively normal. It was like, I think the, the lab was like 1.8 or something like that, which we'll talk about that range in a second. And it was just very deflating that uh, she knows she's got something wrong with her. She's just not feeling as well as she did a couple years before and really kind of left there with like still back to square one with no hope or no answers. And I do think, you know, patients do feel a little, you know, a little hesitant to talk to their doctor about some of their symptoms because, sure, they, they're still functioning in life. They still are going to work. They're still, you know, taking care of families. They just don't feel as well as they know that they should be. But a lot of times they feel, you know, they'll be sitting in front of me saying, well, 
you know, I know I'm complaining. I really shouldn't complain because I have a really great life and I know a lot of people have it worse than me. And I said, we're not comparing you to other people. We're comparing you to, you know, what kind of life do you want to live? So I do think like Dr. Mackey said, is they look at that TSH, you know, the reference range is 0.45, like four and a half, depending on what lab you go to. If you're in range, they just blow it off and let it go when they don't really realize that sometimes this is very, um, you know, it's very disheartening to people. So like that, that doctor that kind of blew off her, his patient's hair loss, he might look, be looking at her hair and saying she looks lovely, but she, you know, it's a huge concern for her. And I do think it needs to be addressed. Yeah. At least in some capacity, uh, and just doing one test and automatically that, that, that issue has been solved. Uh, I had another patient, this is a little bit of a different situation, but, uh, she had, she, she had labs done by me, uh, ones that I requested, uh, then she went to see her gynecologist for a for a pap smear and also had some labs done through him. She was trying to do them both on the same day, but it didn't work out. You know, whatever, she you know lost the lab rec from us or something. I don't know. She ended up getting the labs done relatively in the same week. Uh, and literally, the labs that I did and the gynecologist did, there was some overlap. You know, he did some hormones. I did some hormones. Uh, cholesterol, I think some other things. And literally, they were the numbers were like two different people. There was so much variation between the labs that I did and the labs that he did. Like it, you could, you almost have to suspect that either there is an, a lab error or there is a, the wrong name or the wrong sample was used. Like there was, it was just all over the place. Her testosterone on, was high on one side and you know completely non-existent on the other. And one had her estradiol level being fairly high, and the other one was non-existent. Uh, so doctors, a lot of times, my point of that is doctors put a lot of stake or a lot of stock into those numbers. Sometimes they shouldn't put as much as they do, right? And our rule all the time for situations like this is you treat the patient first and the labs, the labs second. Uh, you don't treat the labs, you treat the patient. Uh, and I think that in, you know, especially in modern medicine and hospitals and big clinics, uh, it's always the opposite. It's always labs first and the patient second. Exactly. You know, labs are not the be all end all. There is variability there. There is error. There are, you know, changes that can show up in there. So when you're basing everything on the labs and not on the person, I think you're really neglecting a huge part of their health care. So, you know, with our patients that come in, you know, they're very savvy, you know, as you listeners are, because, you know, you're, you're researching this, you're looking at this, you, you, you realize, you know, how much information can be found on the internet and then through podcasts and whatnot. So it is kind of disheartening when you walk into your primary care physician's um, office and, or maybe your endocrinologist and they, you know, they kind of blow off those symptoms because they don't consider them life-threatening. You know, some, especially metabolism, that's a huge one. It's not that people might have a, a slow metabolism and they're concerned. Of course they would be concerned because we're all, you know, we all want to be healthy. We all want to be fit. So that's a huge concern for a lot of patients that a lot of doctors just end up blowing off like, oh, you look fine or, or eat less or maybe go on a diet. You know, they don't realize that there's a whole other process that could be partly involved with having an underfunctioning thyroid. Yeah. And in 2000, now we're in 2018, you know, the beginning part of 2018, as time goes further, I think anything less uh, medicine has always been very, you know, like a revolving door, right? It just, you know, in and out, in and out, in and out. Everyone gets the same treatment. You can't tell me when it comes to thyroid function, you know, how complicated it really can be that it's really all about a TSH and everybody gets synthroid, right? It just cannot be that simplistic, uh, but it makes that revolving door keep revolving, right? People come in and out, in and out, in and out, and you're able to go, you're able to handle the volume that is required 
of patients that that go through that door in whatever capacity, whether we're talking thyroid or like you said, you know, screening for major disease. That's why people get blown off. Uh, when in in our opinion, in 2018, we should be expecting individualization. Okay? We should be expecting that we are treated as as people, not as not necessarily conditions per se, but everyone should not get the same treatment because we are, are all individual. We have different genetics, we have different lifestyles, we have different ethnic backgrounds, we have different everything, and all of those factors in our complicated world come into that. So how can it just be reduced down to one test and one medication? And that's probably why a lot of patients get blown off when they come in with their symptoms because they don't want to give them, and granted, I wouldn't want to take Synthroid or any of that synthetic medication. or So they don't want to give them Synthroid because they don't feel like they have a thyroid problem and then they don't have anything else that they can do with them other than, yeah, go see a nutritionist or go on a diet where in our kind of, you know, and that's your conventional doctor. You Like I said, you got to love them because they will save you if you're going to die. But at the same time, you know, we have a lot more tools in our toolbox because this is something that we deal with where it isn't just about medication. I mean, there's so many different ways to do thyroid medication now, and I'm sure you listeners that have heard other podcasts we've talked about, there's, you know, we could, there's so many ways to do thyroid now. And it's not just about medication. There's lifestyle, there's supplementation, there's, you know, the the dietary, there's so many different ways to kind of work with somebody that has a lower, you know, functioning thyroid. They might not have thyroid disease, they don't have Hashimoto but they might have a lower functioning thyroid and hence they have all the symptoms, but they don't really know what to do with it. And that's where we, you know, we have lots of, you know, lots of ways to work on that without making them, of course, go hyperthyroid or their labs go, you know, outrageously out of range, but we are treating the person, not the numbers. Yeah. So should we run through just kind of like in a bullet point fashion? Should we kind of run through, I know you kind of did already, but should we give like a bullet point of Uh, some of the symptoms that might show up in subclinical hypothyroid. Yeah, definitely. So you think about the thyroid. The thyroid helps everything run. You know, it keeps your temperature up. It helps things move. So think about everything in your system that's moving. If your thyroid subclinically is a little bit under-functioning, everything moving is going to slow down a little bit. Like we had, of course, mentioned hair. So there's going to be hair shedding, a lot of hair falling out, or um, it's not growing back. So, so that's slowing down skin, you know, hair, skin, and nails. People will notice that they have very dry skin and they're like, I have people, and we always laugh because we, you know, because I deal mainly probably with more females is they're put they're putting on so much lotion, like so much lotion. And then it's, you know, it's like, they're like, they feel like they're dried up like a prune. And that's because that cellular turnover for the epithelial scales of uh, cells of the skin is slowing down, just like their nail growth will slow down. So the, um, so like I said, think of things moving, things slow down, like energy, that's probably Probably, um, I think on another podcast we talked about is that's the number one complaint that most people go see their doctor for is energy. Yeah, right. Now, granted, uh, thyroid medication per se isn't the treatment necessarily for that, but it can certainly be part of a you know a treatment plan. Uh, and you know, and a lot of times it does work more times than it doesn't. Uh, we wouldn't consider thyroid medication to be an energy pill. Um, but when you take it in the entire situation into perspective, it can certainly be beneficial in a lot of cases. And like I had mentioned, metabolism, people with an underfunctioning thyroid will notice that they can gain weight a lot easier than their, you know, their, their peers that don't have a thyroid issue um, or family members that don't have a thyroid issue and that it's very hard to lose it. Like they have to work extra hard. Granted, you know, unfortunately people tend to want to eat less and exercise more. And we've always talked about that's not the way to, to, you know, to lose weight, but they're frustrated. I get it because that metabolism is slow. Um, probably, you know, one of the, um, 
things that people don't really think about when they think about thyroid. Because when they think about thyroid, people think, oh, my energy and my metabolism. It really isn't that. You'll see people's cholesterol go up when, the, when their thyroid is under-functioning. Constipation is huge. You know, pretty much everybody that has a, a thyroid issue going on ha- has a little bit of a, usually their whole life probably has had a little bit of a constipation problem. Yeah, right. And that's uh, and that's a fairly well-known one. People are kind of looking for that or they read it online or, uh, you know, um, even a primary care doctor. But I think, uh, you know, they've learned it when they were in medical school, but a lot of them forget. You know, they forget that that actually is part of that, you know, that uh, hypothyroid triad. Uh, but then you get into the, like you said earlier, the things that don't really connect. Then you get into female hormone issues, heavy periods, um, you know, missing periods, fertility problems, uh, maybe a reoccurring infections, like there's some suppression to the immune system, and now you're getting either UTIs or yeast infections on a regular basis. Uh, you know, maybe you're getting colds and flus a lot. All those things can be kind of traced back. Now, granted, all of those are not just the thyroid. There's lots of things that can cause all the things that we're talking about. But because, you know, as Dr. Davidson said, the thyroid controls everything. When the thyroid is not functioning properly, everything else is going to be, is going to suffer accordingly based on how we feel on a daily basis. And brain fog. I think brain fog, people don't always put that together when it comes to lower functioning thyroid is, you know, kind of foggy brain, not feeling real quick on their feet when in terms of thinking or communicating, even forgetting things like looking at someone and saying, okay, I know what that person's name is. I've known their name for many years. Why can't I remember it? And it's not dementia or anything like that. It really is just because they just got this brain fog because our body needs to utilize thyroid. You know, it needs thyroid to live. So if your thyroid's a little under functioning, a lot of times, you know, it has to be placed in certain air or your body's going to use it um, in ways that are going to keep yourself alive, where your memory really isn't going to keep you alive. So memory suffers, like we said, metabolism suffers, hair, skin, and nails suffers. So like I said, you see everything start to slow down. Right. And even uh, mood, uh, people have maybe not full-blown like clinical depression, but they may- maybe uh, feel a little bit more melancholy than usual. And there's actually even some research in the psychiatric community using T3 as part of you know treatment for that and actually having a lot of success where you know, you're, you're kind of elevating mood through using thyroid medication. That can be, you know, and now in our case, you know, we're not talking just about thyroid medication, but, you know, whether it's diet, whether it's supplementation and or medication, uh, you know, enhancing thyroid, uh, you know, my point is that enhancing thyroid function can improve mood significantly. Yeah. And just improve, like we always talked about the quality of life. If you feel good, then I'm going to go exercise more. If I feel good, I'm going to eat better because I have time to wash and chop and and put things away and go shopping. You know, just when you feel better, then that's when you see things kind of spiral and, you know, you see the positive effects in someone's life. One thing that tends to happen sometimes when, when we do, you know, when someone, you and I and the patient, you know, we suspect that they are, you know, subclinical hypothyroid, we may implement a little bit of medication and they, to get their expectations of what to experience over the next, you know, four to six weeks, it's not going to be like caffeine. You're not going to be stimulated. You're not going to be buzzing around the house or anything like that or around the office or anything. But what people tend to notice or what they come back and give us feedback is if there's a project that you haven't gotten to in a while, if there is a, a spare room that needs to be cleaned out, the garage needs to be cleaned out, you're going to start your garden, you know, there's something that you finally actually have the motivation to do where prior to that, you're like, oh, I'll get to it later. I'll get to it later. You just didn't really want to do it. You didn't have the 
the mental capacity to do it. And all of a sudden, without you even realizing it, almost subconsciously, all these little things that you intended to do, now you actually have the you know the, the the wherewithal to get them done, and then so someone will come back and say, "Well, you know, I don't really feel any different." Uh, so, how, what about the garage? What about the spare room? What about the garden? Oh yeah, well, I did all those things, you know, and they realize, "Oh yeah, I do feel better," you know, and that's that's almost like a perfect example of how subtle sometimes you know subclinical thyroid can be. Or even family members will comment. I'll be talking to patients, and they'll say, "Oh yeah, my husband." Um, noticed how much more energy I have or that because uh, I everybody always says, you know, oh, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I've had people comp, they, they comment that their kids are like, you don't say you're tired anymore. You, you know, you used to always say, oh, I'm so tired. I'm so tired that the people around you are noticing it. Yeah. And that, you know, that happens in a few different ways, whether it's female hormones or thyroid or whatever that when you start getting feedback from the people that you're around on a regular basis, that's great confirmation, both for us and for you know the patient, because now you know that things are really changing, um, both on a you know on an objective number, you know objective level, their numbers are improving, but now you know how they you know how they feel on a day to day ongoing basis, people are starting to notice that. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, and that you know, and that's the kind of rapport that we love to have with patients. Um, you'd be surprised. That people don't say like, yeah, I'm bouncing off the walls or it's like a caffeine pill because it's not. When your thyroid is functioning properly, it's just life, you know, things start to change. I have patients that I haven't seen them in a while and they come back and we're, you know, we're double checking on their thyroid, make sure everything should be where, it at, where it's at and their hormones. And they'll be like, oh yeah, I quit that job that I hated. And now I work from home doing a new job. You know, they, when they feel better, different opportunities open up. Oh yeah, now I'm going to get my master's. I'm, go- I'm working online at night getting my master's. I'm like, really? You didn't even have any energy to do the day job you had. They, you know, they just feel more motivated. They have that energy to tackle those things. I have patients, it's really great. They'll, they'll do, you know, they'll take their side hobby that they never did because they were too tired and maybe do it as like a small business, even though they have their day job or they have their families. Um, so it's really cool when you get things optimized, you know, how people just take off. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's really, honestly, I think that what you just said there that, you know, that we're in the business of optimization in some ways, right? You know, taking people, you know, reference ranges in some ways are kind of like a curse, right? Because as long as, you know, from a medicine standpoint, as long as you fall within that reference range of whatever it is, it's considered to be normal, quote unquote. But when it comes to hormones, especially hormones, a normal does not always mean actually normal. Low end, high end, you know, depending on what the lab is, you really have to, you know, like you said, treat the patient first and, and find out where they're at and then interpret the numbers within the context of that patient uh, and with what they're going through and what's going on, their stress level, their sleep, their diet, you know, all those things. And then over the period of three, six, nine months, a year, you know, maybe even a couple of years now, all those things improve. And now, like I said, now their life is optimized. Not only are they optimized, but now it happens and it trickles down and, you know, they, you know, they're happier, they're, you know, they're more, they have more energy and their overall surroundings are just, are just better. Yeah. So if any of this resonates with you, or maybe this is something you're experiencing, or you are, you're being treated right now for thyroid, or you have any questions, definitely feel free to reach out. Uh, yeah, you know, this is, we're talking about it again, because this, again, this is a thing that just keeps coming up over and over and over, you know, almost like, you know, almost like a repetitive, again, a revolving door, right? Because women know their bodies better than anyone. The doctor that you go see, whether that doctor is male or female, they don't really have the right to tell you that you don't feel a certain way, or you know, there's something wrong with you. And they kind of just blow you off. That's not your fault. 
that's their fault for not adapting to the times. That's not, that's their fault for not, a, their treatment style is not catering to their patients. And, and we've said this before, medicine in this country, maybe in, you know, in the world, conventional medicine as, it, as it's practiced, tries to make thing, make everything very black and white. Either you have it or you don't, you know, very clear, very logical, very rational, um, but when it comes to medicine, uh, when it comes to the human body, it is anything but black and white. There's gray areas all over the place. Uh, so if you're not getting the answers that you want, you're looking for some direction, certainly you can visit the website. You can send us an email, help at progresshealth.com. Uh, you can visit the content library, which is you know easy access. Just enter your email. You'll get a password to, uh, to access that. We do have quite a bit of information in there. So we're helping you along your journey of, you know, uh, of balancing your hormones, you know, and hopefully you'll start to feel the same thing that some of our patients have as well. Absolutely. So I hope, um, you know, this podcast of, you know, subclinical hypothyroid symptoms, um, hopefully it shed some information or maybe answered some of your questions or maybe even tickled your brain a little bit to kind of look in to see if that might be something that you're experiencing. I think we'll wrap this one up. So uh, until next time, I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Progress Your Health podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at progressyourhealth.com.